begin a new series today, uh, and I'm titling the, the series, What If? What If? And so we're going to take a few weeks and just talk about what if. And uh, Okay, let, let, me, let me make a couple of statements here, and please do not think it's coming out of arrogance, but I want to just say that I like me. I'm, so, I'm thankful for who I am. You know, when we, uh, when we started Destiny Church, <laughs> yeah, you like me too? Amen. You know, when we started Destiny Church, um, like I knew God was doing something different in me. We'd been youth pastors for about 14 years, and then God began to stir up the, the nest. Sometimes God makes your nest uncomfortable, and you know it's time to get out of that nest and get to where God wants you to be. And some of you stayed in your nest too long. I finally brought you here. You've been, you've been in that nest too long. I said, I'm going to get you out of that nest and get you where I want you to be. But I was in a place where I was very comfortable in the nest. And I had a great church that we were part of and that God was doing great things. But the Lord began to stir that nest up and said, you know what? I need you to go to where I want you to go. And we moved to Naples, Florida and started Destiny Church. And it was the best decision I ever made because I didn't have to be like anybody. If I had stayed in the region where I was, there was a mold and a pattern that I would have had to try to fit into. But when I came here, I was able to be who I wanted to be. And Destiny Church is, 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 is an extension of that. And I like me. And I like you. And I, I love being your pastor. And I, Do you like yourself? I don't always like my decisions. I don't always like my choices. I don't always like my attitude. I don't always like a lot of things about me. But I, as a whole, I pretty much like me. I like the way God made me. I like the freedom that I have. I love the, the spirit of God in me. Uh, it's, it's unlimited. It's uninfluenced by what government officials say. It's unlimited by what mandates are. I just have this freedom to be who God's called me to be. And what, what if you could see yourself the way that God sees you? What if you really believe that you were created in his image and in his likeness? What if you really believe that? What if that was your identity? What if you came from that place of going, you know what, I don't like a lot of things about me, but overall, I'm, I like me. I like who I am. I like who God's made me to be. And if you could see yourself that way, Go with me to 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1. I think the big issue right now is we have an identity crisis in the world. We have an identity crisis in Christianity. And we, we, we're so influenced by everybody else and what everybody else is doing that we, we have a hard time settling into being who we are and finding that place of identity in Christ. In 1 John 3 verse 1, I'll read out of a New King James. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it does not know him. Beloved, no, we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but, when we, but, we, but we know that when he is revealed, 
we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Listen, I am becoming who I already am. I'm in this process of becoming who I already am. I'm not trying to be a child of God. I am a child of God. I'm not going to be a child of God when I get to heaven. Huh? I am a child of God now. I, I carry his DNA. I've been regened. I have his DNA in me, and I like who I am. I, I'm, I, like I said, I don't always like my, who, who, the things I do and how I respond, but when it comes down to it, when I go to sleep at night, I really like who I have become in Christ Jesus. In Romans 8 and verse 14, flip with me there. Romans 8, 14. This, this Romans 8 is like the whole Bible in one chapter. I mean, I just love Romans 8. I use it a lot, and I, I've read it so many times, and it always speaks to me. And this week as I was preparing and just saying about what if, God began to speak to me about Romans 8, 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. And this is this is this... This, this fear culture on the earth right now, fear of the virus and fear of going out and fear of everything. And it, it's just, you did not receive that from God. If you realize that you are a child of God, you can begin to engage in life again and go, you know what? Yeah, there's a lot going on out there, but I'm telling you, Psalm 91 is a reality for me. It's not something that I read and quote on a daily basis. It's a lifestyle that I chose to live because he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God. In him will I trust. I am not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anybody or any repercussions. I'm telling you, when you realize you are a son or a daughter of God, you can put fear under your feet and you can ride the winds of God's love and say, you know what, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I know it's all going to work for the good of the glory of God and I shall live a victorious life. You did not receive the bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness that our spirit, with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. The kingdom of God is now. It's not someday in the sweet by and by. It's not someday when we get to heaven. It's the kingdom now. Inside of us is the kingdom of the living God. This is not someday by and by. When we get to heaven, we can live victorious. I'm telling you, you and I, if we believe his word, if we believe we are children of God, we can experience kingdom living now. We who are in the kingdom of God are not becoming the children of God. We are the children of God. That is our true identity. Everybody say grace. This is the wonder and the beauty of grace. That God not only sees all of my past, God not only knows all of my future, but God looks at me and he calls me according to his righteousness. God sees you as his child. He looks at who you are now, and he calls you what you will be in the future. 
this is the beauty of grace. This is what it looks like to live in the grace of God, that God sees me and knows me, and he still likes me. Huh? That he knows, he knows my weaknesses and he knows my failures. But he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And that if you live in my grace, if you live in my goodness, I'll begin to call in you and speak to what you already are in Christ. He is conforming you into his image. The truth is, God is working on you to make you what you ought to be. What he already sees you as. Luke 17 and 20. Come on, flip with me there. Luke 17 and 20. And when he was asked by God, asked by the Pharisees, when the, uh, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and he said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. You're not going to see it all of a sudden just comes and here comes the kingdom of God. Nor will they, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. When you received Christ, the kingdom of God came inside of you, and now you are living in the kingdom of God. What if we believe that? What if that was a reality for our lives every day? What, what if we could grasp the, the identity of who Christ has called us to be? Our true identity, the who, who I really am, the, the me that I like is the me that is in Christ. The me that I like, the thing that I like about myself is the love for the Father that has been deposited in my life. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Ephesians 4.27 says this, give no place, nor give place to the devil. Negativity is demonic. And when you give place to the devil and you don't see yourself the way God sees you, and you don't live your life the way God wants you to live your life, you don't begin to respond to God's love the way he wants you to respond to it. What if you could just grasp that with your whole heart? What if you could stand up and go, I know God loves me, and I know that God is not mad at me, and I know God has a plan for me. Yes, he doesn't like the stupidity. Yes, he doesn't like the things that I've said and done. But God says, I don't see you that way, son. I see the way I called you. I see you the way that I created you. I formed you in your mother's womb and I knew you and I ordained you before you ever took your first breath. I ordained you to be a prophet. He ordained me to be a preacher. He ordained me to stand upon this pulpit and to guide this church out of a pandemic into a praise. He He gave me the ability to say, you know what? No matter what goes on around us, we are a victorious church. We are marching to victory. We are looking to the high hills which comes our help and no fear will overtake us. And we refuse to live in bondage. Give no place, no position of opportunity. That word is topos. Give no position of opportunity, no place to the devil. Don't allow him to put negativity in your heart. Don't allow him to put negativity in your marriage. Don't allow him to put negativity in the rearing of your children. The enemy wants to put negativity all over us, but we are not of that world. We are not of that kingdom. Look at verse Ephesians 4, verse 28. This is what he says. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who is in need. Then he begins to deal with us about negativity. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. 
Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. What's he saying? Get the negativity out. Refuse to live that way. What if you believed who you were in Christ? What if you really believed in your true identity? Your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude will determine how hard, how high, and how far you're going to go in life. And if you have a rotten attitude, if you have a negative attitude, if you've been beat up by the devil so many times that you just continue to partner with him and to speak the negativity and to believe the lies that the enemy has spoken over you, you will never climb to the heights that God has called you to. But when you begin to apply God's word and speak God's word and declare God's word, what if you said what God said and you refused to say what the devil is saying? What if you believed God's word that God is going to prosper you and he's going to bless you? And at every place you put your foot, you have possession and authority to dwell in that place and to take authority over every demonic spirit, over every lie of the enemy. What if you really believe that? What if this church would go into the city and declare the truth of God's love? Amen. I refuse to let the negativity of my past determine my destiny. I refuse to let the negativity of my past determine my destiny. I refuse to let the negativity of my current circumstances determine my destiny. I refuse to live with a negative outlook. I refuse to partner up with the the fake news and say, this is going to be the new norm. It's just going to be this way all the time. That is a lie from the pit of hell. My God is a God of increase, not a God of decrease. My God is a God that moves us from glory to glory. His promises are yes and amen. What if you believe that you are an heir to the riches of heaven? What if you believe that you were a divine heir of heaven? That you are an heir of Christ and that everything that he has, you have. Everything that he is experiencing right now at the right hand of the Father is available to you and I right now. We can live in victory. We can stand firm in our faith and we can declare the goodness of the Father. That's not just a song. Every day I wake up and thank God for the goodness. All my life I give God thanks. That's not just a song. That's the way I've chose to live my life. That's the way I wake up every morning and I thank God for the goodness of God in my life and the goodness of God over my family. I'm not looking at all the evil that the devil has tried to do and the stealing and the lying and the, and, and, and the, the torment of the enemy. I'm saying no. I know my future. My future is bright. I know my Savior. He is a conquering king. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he gave me the same power and the same authority. Amen. What if you refuse to let negativity have a place in your life? What if you had a good outlook for your marriage? What if you stopped looking at all the things that are not there and started looking at what you do have? What if you refuse to let the devil point out the weaknesses and the failures and just point out all the, all, all the negativity about your spouse? And what if you begin to see the good? What if you begin to believe God for something great to happen in your home? The devil will always challenge who you are in God. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. This is my text for today. 
I know. This is, this is the text for today. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he hungered. When the tempter came to him and said to him, if, I highlighted it, I, I underlined it, if you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Then the devil take him up into the holy city, and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if, what if, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands shall you Shall you bear up, lest you dash your foot against a stone? And Jesus said to him, same answer. It is written. It is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again the devil taken him up to exceeding high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things will I give you if you fall down and you worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. I like the King James. It said, get thee hence. Get thee behind me, devil. Get behind me, devil. I just declare over the devil, get thee behind us, devil. We are the children of the Most High God. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Here in this text, we see the Son of God in a test. He's being tempted. The devil is trying to tempt him. The devil is trying to test his identity. He's coming against his identity and he throws that little word in there. If, if, if the devil is testing his sonship. The devil knows that there is a power released into our lives when we know our identity. And so he came to put questions into his mind, questions into his heart, and try to bring questions into what was going on. John 1 and 12 says, but as many received him, he gave them the power, he gave them the right to become children of God to those that believe in his name. Satan knows that when you believe in your identity, when you understand and know who you are in Christ, there is a power that is released into your body. There's a power released into your life that brings healing, that brings deliverance, that brings peace to our our hearts it brings joy to our lives and Satan knows if I can get you to doubt who you are if I can get you not to believe that you are a child of the most high God I can limit you to what you can do with the power you cannot become a child or son or daughter of God without the power of the Holy Spirit the enemy knows that and that's why he wants us to question our identity that's why he was attacking Jesus when we read the story, if, it, if I be honest with you, what it looks like is a demonic setup. It looks like the devil is trying to set Jesus up for failure. It looks like the devil is trying to destroy him. But what I found in reading this story is that this isn't a demonic setup at all. If you read the story, it says the spirit drove him into the wilderness. This was a spirit-ordained event in his life. 
that the spirit was dry. Yes, he was tired. Yes, he was hungry. Yes, he probably felt weak. And it looked like a demonic setup, but it wasn't a demonic setup. It was a spirit setup. What if what we're going through right now is not a demonic setup from the devil? What if this pandemic and all these lies that the media is putting out there is not, a, is not at all a demonic attack? Maybe it's a setup that God is setting up his church for victory. Maybe he's setting us up to be who he called us to be. Maybe he's pulling us out of these situations and bringing us into a place of our true identity, knowing who we are Jesus, knowing the power of the Holy Spirit that is upon his church, and that we begin to activate that faith and call those things that are not as though they are and stand and proclaim, I am a child of God. Amen. What if I told you that the Holy Spirit is not interested in your comfort, he's interested in your development? <laughs> Man, what if I could just get it into your heart that all this was going on because of a development in his life, that God was revealing to the devil who he was, that this is the Son of God? What if what you're going through right now, what if the trials that you're facing right now is because God wants to reveal to you who he is and wants to reveal to you? enemy. He will not fail. He will not give in. He will not quit. She will not back down. She will not stop. What if God's wanting to reveal the faith that is in you to the demonic forces of hell to say, you know what? This is a power of the Holy Spirit that has invaded our lives and we refuse to live in fear. Many people get hurt and offended because they think God wants to make us more happy than he wants to make us holy. Just telling you, when we go through things, it's not always because we did something wrong. There are th some things that I have opened the door to and I've done some wrong things and it's brought some pain and some, some trouble into my life. But there's some wilderness that I've been through that it wasn't because of anything I was done. It wasn't a demonic setup. It was a spirit setup that God allowed me to go through some things so that I could stand and declare my God is the healer. And it doesn't matter if my heart stops. It doesn't matter how long I'm laying dead on the ground that God can raise me up. God can bring healing to my body. I want you to know you're going through some stuff right now, but it's not all demonic. Some of these things we're going through is because God is working a work of holiness in our lives. And God is working a plan in us to bring us into a place of great victory. So everybody around us can see the hand of God moving in our lives. Amen. Sometimes God allows us to go through some things. And allows us to be uncomfortable in order to reveal to our enemy we are really who we say we are. Sometimes it's to reveal to our enemy that we are who we say we are. That whole story of Job, we're in our soap now reading in Job. And you begin to go back and remember why Job went through what he went through. In Job 1 and 6, it says, There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before God and Satan came among them. Now that's all weird to me, but that's just, it's Bible. And the Lord said to Satan, from where did you come? And Satan answered, the Lord. And he said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth, blameless and an upright man who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household? 
and, and around all that he has on every side? Have you blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and increased the la- in the land? But now stretch forth your hand and touch all that he has, and surely he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, but do not lay hand on his person. And so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. You think God let Satan go, th- let Job go through all that because God was mad at Job? It wasn't because God was mad at Job. He wanted to reveal to the devil that you could take everything. And he may not do everything right. But when it's all said and done, my man Job will stand up and declare, God is good and his mercy endures forever. And though God slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I walk through a pandemic and though I live in a time that I've never lived before, my God will prevail and my God will deliver. He will bring me out of this storm and he will bless and prosper my life. Maybe this whole COVID-19 is just a setup. Maybe it's to show us, maybe it's to show us uh, where we need to strengthen ourselves, where we need to fortify ourselves. Maybe God is using this to bring us into a place of pure holiness before him. Not every wilderness experience is because of bad choices that we made. doesn't mean God's mad at us. Sometimes he wants to remind the devil and to give a revelation of how strong we really are. To remind us we really do belong to God. And that no weapon that is formed against us will really prosper. Maybe it's God wanting to reveal that again to our hearts. So why did the Son of Man get led into the Spirit in the wilderness? Why did Jesus have to be tempted and tested? If God really loved Jesus, why would he let this happen? Jesus wanted you and I to see that we can make it through every test. We're reading it today and we're seeing that Jesus went through and Jesus experienced it. We serve a Jesus that knows what it's like to be alone. Some of you are alone. Some of you watching online, you're alone and it's tough being alone. Jesus said, I know what it's like to be alone. Jesus knew what it was like to be abandoned. He knew what it was like to be emptied, 40 40 days of fasting, 40 days of prayer. He knew what it was like. He knew what it was like to be tired. Anybody tired? Anybody stressed out? Jesus knew what it was like to be stressed out. He knew knew what it was like to, to go through loneliness and to go through pain. He knows what it's like to have unanswered questions. Father, if it be thy will, if... If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He understand and knew that it was okay to have unanswered questions. We all have issues. Everybody in this church has issues. I know because I've talked to some of you privately. Everybody watching online has issues. Jesus knows what it's like to have a bad day. In Hebrews 4.15 says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but he was in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. God said, I'm going to show you how to live without a negative attitude. God said, I'm going to show you through my son Jesus that everything could be going on in his life. The enemy could be standing right in front of him and trying to get him to mess up. But God says, you know what? I am not going to lie. I'm going to show you how to conquer this, how to live as more than a conqueror. I'm going to show you how to live victorious in a negative world. No matter
matter how bad the doctors report from good doctors. I'm going to show you that you can stand in the face of, of a bad doctor's report and declare God is my healer. My brother, you hear me? You can stand right in the face of a negative doctor's report where they tell you there's no answers. But I'm going to tell you something. I know the answer. His name is Jesus. I know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if the question is loneliness, the answer is Jesus. If the question is sickness, the answer is Jesus. If the question is heartbreak, the answer is Jesus. doesn't matter if they won't answer your phone calls. You ever call somebody and they won't answer the phone? It's annoying, right? You ever have people calling you that won't stop? Which said, stop calling me. It's annoying. You're laughing because you think it's you. It's not you. I'm talking about all these telemarketers that keep ringing my phone with a 239 area code like it's somebody from here. God says, I'm, I'm not just the God of the mountain, I'm the God of the valley. God's showing us through this test that Jesus went through that it's not just the high places, it's not just in the good times, that it's, it, it's in every aspect of your life. We don't need a God that, that we don't need to, I don't serve a God that can just answer my problems. I have a God, I serve a God knows what I'm going through in the middle of my storm. I know a God that, that it can only answer, he can't answer my problems, but he also knows the feelings of my infirmities. He knows what I'm going through. He knows if I've had a bad day. He's been there. All this comes right after one of the most defining moments in Jesus' life. All this happens after one of the most defining moments in his life. The greatest attacks on our lives come after the greatest victories in our lives. You can have a great experience, experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You can have a great service in the Holy Spirit. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And before you get home, the enemy attacks your mind. You can receive a prophetic word. Someone will come up to you in church and say, hey, God gave me a prophetic word for you. God's going to do this, and God says he's going to do that, and God says this is what's going to happen, and you get in the car, and everything goes contrary to everything they just said. You know, I'm telling you the truth. The greatest, the greatest attacks of the enemy often come after the greatest moments in our lives. Sometimes it's not even when you get home. Sometimes it's right in the parking lot. Somebody, as soon as you get out on a mockley road, will cut you off, and all of a sudden you go right to your flesh. Go to Matthew 3.16. Come on, flip the page back from our text. Go back to Matthew 3.16. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And suddenly there came a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The most defining moment in his life up until this point. When the Father spoke into his life, This is my Son. This is your true identity. You are the Son of the living God. I'm going to tell you something. Now, I, I, I want you to know something. I, I want you to know something. If the heavens open and the Spirit descends 
and God speaks. If the heavens open and the spirit descends and God speaks, I can't promise you a new car. I can't promise you a new house. I can't promise you a good-looking husband. I can't promise you a good-looking wife. I can't promise you that you're going to get a bigger house. But I can promise you one thing. If the heavens open and the spirit descends and the Father speaks, you are going to live a life of victory. You will not be defeated. You will conquer everything the enemy throws in your path. God said at that moment in his life, when the heavens opened and the spirit descended and the Father spoke, it transcended his life and the enemy came immediately to bring a what if. This was before Jesus ever did a miracle. It was before he ever healed anybody's body, before he ever raised anybody from the dead. The father said, I'm not calling you out, and I'm not giving you my blessing because of what you've done. I'm blessing you because of who you are. I'm giving you my blessing because of who you are, because your identity is a child of the most high God. Your identity, your identity is in Christ and not in this world. Ms. Gail, if you could come to the keyboard. God wasn't pleased with him because of what he'd done. He was pleased with him because of who he was. What if you really believed in your identity? How would it change the way you wake up tomorrow? If you woke up in the morning and said, I'm an heir of Christ. I'm a child of the Most High God. And God's going to bless and prosper in my life. What if you really believed and you were becoming who you already are? I am becoming who I already am. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. And if you're sitting here today and you're watching online and you're not a child of God, I want to give an invitation to you to come and know him. Come and surrender to him. Come and believe in who he is. He is the son of the most high God. He is the father made manifest in the flesh. He is life evermore. He is joy and peace. He's freedom from the cares of this world. He is the blessed Jesus. Everybody stand up on your feet with me right now. Say with me, I am a child of God. Grace. Grace. Jesus. God right now, just humbly bow your head before the Lord. I speak to you. As a voice from heaven. I speak to you as a man of God. Under a mandate of heaven. John the Baptist came preaching, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. I speak over this congregation right now. And I call you to repentance. I call you to repentance. And I say, let the revival begin in you today. Let God bring dead things to life. Let God bring wholeness to your heart. Let God bring healing to your life.
if, if you've got, if you've got a, a place in your heart that is empty, if you've got a place in your life that you've just been so void of the things of God, you don't see yourself as a child of God. You see yourself as just a, a messed up person that's just trying to figure it out. I want you to know Jesus stands at your heart's door knocking and saying, come on, let me in. Let me in. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I hope in a future. Stop allowing your flesh determine your life. Stop letting negativity determine your future. Come unto me, all you that are burdened, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your soul. If you're here today and you don't have rest for your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions are so messed up, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step of faith to lift your hands and hold them up to Jesus. Hold them up to Jesus and say, I'm a father. I'm a father. I need you. Right now in the room, hands are going up all over this room. If that's you and you say, you know what, I don't have rest in my soul. You do. If you've got total rest in your soul, put your hands down. I only want to see those that are just being tormented with the lies of the enemy, the negativity of your past. You lift your hands right now and say, that's me. That's me. I need peace from God. I need God to bring a healing to my soul. I need my spirit revived. Lift your hands right now and hold them up to the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, all oh, for grace to trust you more. Everybody, with your hands raised right now, come kneel at the altar. Come on, just find you a place to pray. Everybody, if you lifted your hands right there, you, you need peace in your spirit. You need God to comfort your heart. You need God to bring a deliverance and a breakthrough in your life. Just come right now and kneel at the altar. Just come kneel right here. Say, it's me, God. It's me. I need it. I need it so bad. I need the Spirit of God to revive my heart. I need Jesus to come and transform my life. I need to see myself as a child of God. I need to forgive myself for my past. I need to forgive myself for, for the negativity in my heart. Come right now. Come on. There's others of you that know you need to come. We're going to worship the Lord, and you come and just kneel before God. Give me some saints that will come and touch. Some, some that will come. Give me a couple of you strong young men in the Lord. Some of you fireballs for God. Come to this young man. A couple more men come here. Then another lady over there. Another one here. Just come and say, I want to pray with you. I want to believe with you that this is a day of transformation. Just open your heart and say, God, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my negativity. And come into my life and transform me. Transform me and make me new, God. I give you my life. I give you everything, Jesus. I surrender my heart to you. I think there's a bunch more that need to come. I think there's a bunch more that don't have peace, that don't see your identity the way that God sees you. I, don't, I think there's a bunch more that don't like who you are. And God says, I created you with that personality. I created you with those likes and those dislikes. I created you to be who you are you're watching online right now and you say, you know what, I don't have the peace. I don't have the peace. I don't have a, that peace in my soul. I just pray that you would reach out to Jesus right now. Type in the box, I received Jesus. I received the peace from the Father. Just type it in that little search bar. Make a comment, I received peace. Come on, let's worship the Lord together in this room.
Thank you.